0: Hello and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. In just a moment, we're going to jump into this week's message. But before we do, I want to encourage you to connect with us online. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook, and you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and this very podcast. We want to stay connected. So another great way to do that is be our guest on a Sunday. I'd love to invite you to be here. If you're local, come out. We want to meet you get to know you, worship with you. We'd really, really enjoy your company. And without further ado, let's jump into this week's message.
1: I'm really blessed to be here. I I met Roger, I think, a couple years ago. Um, he he became part of MFI Ministers Fellowship International, which is an association of pastors, just to encourage and support each other. And and uh, I, I used to be the regional director of this. And I I, I meet a lot of pastors, but uh, sometimes guys just get in your heart. And uh, for some reason we we did connect. I really I liked it, I liked his heart. I liked the way he talked about you. It, it, that's really important. Do you understand? He's he he really loves you, and uh, th- this trip I've gotten to know Kim a little bit more. They're they're just a great couple and a great heart, and yeah. And uh, I actually I I don't pray for every pastor I meet. I mean I might pray for him then, but but some guys make it onto my list, <laughs> and and so I I've actually been praying for probably a couple of years for this church, every other day. My 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 list. I'm an old guy, and and it got long, and so I had to split it up. So that, uh, and and then also some days I miss. I want you. I want to be honest. I, you know, yeah. Uh, but but I, I. So I've been praying for you guys for a long time, I'm praying for this church, and and uh, actually I hadn't. I had I had hardly met Kim, and uh, so I I pray for Roger and his wife, and now I'm going to pray for Roger and Kim. So uh, so, but. Um, I'm blessed to be here. Uh, my wife sends her love and greetings, and, and uh, she's got a whole team of people back home praying for me that I that I don't cuss this morning. <laughs> no, no, they, uh, be- because I travel so much, I, I have this uh, a team that prays for me, and uh, it it makes a huge difference, and I'm really grateful. I, I, uh, I-, I- if I stand too long, my back hurts, so. Plus, I'm old. I get to sit if I want to. That's the way it goes. I, I, and, I, and I wear hokas, even, when, when, even weddings and funerals. I, that's, I'm, that's what old guys do, right? If you're young, you'll, you'll get there. You'll, you know. um, so, I, I am really excited to preach to you and, and share the word with you. Um, in, in the first service, I shared that this is probably... If I had a life message, this would be it. It doesn't mean it's going to be the best message ever preached, because I, I I could screw it up as easy as anybody. But but the message itself is probably uh, really reflects what's in my heart. I I uh, I grew up in a Christian home. Um, my mom and dad were both believers, and and I, when I was four and a half, I got saved in a little Southern Baptist church in Oklahoma. And I, I actually can remember going down. Uh, to the song, Just As I Am, Without One Plea. Uh, there's a few Southern Baptists here. Uh, and uh, and I, I, my, my memory of it is that there were angels in the room. Now, I, I've told that story so many times, it's, I'm sure it's true now. But, but I, I really, there was, there was really, a, something happened there, really dynamic in my heart. And as a young boy, I grew up, I, I was always a little bit chubby, but I had really cute girlfriends. And I think it's because I had a good prayer life. Uh, so if, if you're a young man here, just think about that for a minute. Um, but um, when I when I was in my late teens, uh, my last couple of years of high school, I started drifting away. Um, and lots of reasons for. It. Probably the main one is I just wanted to sin. And I want. I wanted. And uh, I got very far away from God. I went, went to uh, Vietnam. I came back angry and bitter, uh, and began a process of, of trying to figure out where I was at. I met my I don't know if you saw the pictures they showed at the beginning. they, they showed Bronco Stadium. My, my wife was a cheerleader for the Grizzlies, and she cheered in that stadium. Uh, so in fact, sometime when we're here, maybe we'll go down and let her go. You know, whatever. Um, but she had got it saved a month before we met. And I was just starting a journey back to God. And God, God he just knows how to do all that stuff, right? And he put us together. And uh, we, we uh, went to Alaska. We got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Our life will changed forever. And so, but I, I spent years as a prodigal. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit today. So this story is very personal to me. Uh, my, my experience—I've been pastor for I think it's 43 years now, and um, one one of my deepest desires in ministry is to help people have a better view of God. Uh, there's all kinds of um, of things that that push us in certain directions. If, if you I mean, you some of you had great fathers, some of you had fathers that. Some of you might have had, in fact, a crowd this size, some of you had horrible fathers. Or you've had people in your life that had responsibility for you and let you down. And I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand for that. But but we've all experienced that. And that all that influences the way we think about God. And so, um, and when we come to him, we, we take what we learned in Sunday school. We take what we experienced in life. We take everything and we kind of make this picture of how God is towards us. And I, I believe Christian maturity is getting a better and a right view of who God actually is. Amen? And so, uh, um, A.W. Tozer, I saw this, this my notes. I don't know if they're putting them up there. But, boy, every time I look up there, you just see a bald head. Uh, so, that's That's terrifying. Uh, but he, he says is what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Uh, that, that's a pretty pretty intense statement, but the way you see God will affect everything about how you live your life. And so I I really have a heart for you to understand, and primarily and then there's a uh, actually he wrote another book uh, called uh, Knowledge of the Holy that talks about the different attributes of God. Actually, Roger mentioned God's attributes. I believe the most important thing for us to understand about God is he's our father. And, and what that means, is, and it's, uh, we're dedicating some babies today. So if you're a parent, if you can be a father like God's a father, you, you'll do all right. Amen? Yeah. So I, I want to talk about some ways uh, that God is a father to us uh, in... Um, and just so I stay with my notes, I'll read this scripture. First, First John 3 1 says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us? We should be called children of God. And that's what we are. The, the most important thing about me is not that I'm a pastor, uh, not that I'm a father or a husband, and all those roles I have in my life. I'm a grandfather, so maybe one of my very favorite roles. I have 14 grandkids. And uh, I love. What I, what I do now, because I don't pastor the church, I travel, go help other churches, and come home and play with my grandkids. That's, that's pretty much my life. Um, but the most important thing about me is that I'm my father's son. And so I, I, I want to help us process. Let's let's pray before we get started, and, and uh, just to ask God to speak to us. Uh, God knows exactly where you're at, even more than you do. Some of us think we have ourselves all figured out, but but God knows. He knows where your heart's at. He knows the stuff you're struggling with. He knows everything you're going through. And his desire today is that his word that I'm preaching would take you closer to him from where you're at. Does that, does that make sense? Now, now, if he doesn't get involved, I don't have a, I don't have a, a prayer of do, having that happen. But, but God has to go beyond what I say. He has to take the words and make them personal in your heart. So as we pray, would you op- really pray with me that your heart be opened? Because I, I really believe God wants to give you things today because he loves you. Amen? So let's pray, Lord Jesus. We just uh, I thank you for this wonderful um, gathering of people, God. This family that's gathered together, God. There are people from every arena of life. There are people um, at every stage of their walk with you. There are people uh, probably here today that that really don't know you, but God, you you understand each heart and you love each one of them. And God, I pray I pray this morning as I speak, God, I pray you would take my words and you tailor-make them for your people. And God, you you, you speak life and hope and, and uh, love into their hearts, God, as you desire to do. God, uh, guide my words, my thoughts this time together. Bless your people, we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. All right. So, um, I, I've preached this message, or one kind of like it, for... Probably the last 35 years of my ministry, so my, my wife has heard this maybe 50 or 60 times. Um, and originally, I had I had nine points. But we, some of you younger, you, we used to preach a long time, <laughs> and now I got a clock up here. That says, "Hurry up, Bob!" Uh, but I, and so I, I, I'm not going to do nine. And I've kind of boiled it down to four, but I'm going to give you a fifth. I'm going to give you an extra. you guys okay for an extra uh, and, and it's it's simply this because I and the reason why I think this is important because we don't think of this and it's God enjoys you. The Bible says he delights in you, and we read that stuff, but we we don't we don't make it personal uh, my my kids uh, two of my girls are basketball players and uh, they would, um, when I would watch their games, that's all I'd watch. Uh, I, I was actually at a game one time. Uh, my daughter was a point guard, and she was a pretty good ball player. And the, the girl guarding her was not, and, but she was really aggressive. And so she, like, had her arms around my daughter and was, and, and so I'm in the stands, and I'm yelling, she's fouling her, she's fouling her Ralph. And my wife says, honey, honey be quiet, her dad might be here. And the guy next to me says, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am so intense on my daughter. Do you, you, you get that? Um, Zephaniah, if you're taking notes, you can write. This isn't on uh, the, the overhead, but on, on your, if you're taking notes, it, it says something like this. It says, the, the Lord your God in the midst of you, he, he will delight over you with his love. He will delight over you with singing. How many have ever read that? Or you guys need to get a Bible, uh, but yeah, the picture of God singing over me. Now, how many know He's in tune? Yeah, and I, I have no idea what He's singing, but I'm sure it's better than anything we could do. But when when my oldest daughter was born, I, I really loved being a dad. I really loved being a dad, and uh, I would. I'm kind of a, I always thought of myself sort of the baby whisperer. Here's here's the secret to that. I'll I'll help you out in a minute here. (laughs) You pat their back in rhythm with their heart or your heart. There's a grandma there. She knows, she knows. It it works. It actually works. And so I, I would sing to my daughter. I would walk around and I would pat her back like this. I mean, I've seen mothers some, actually overseas in Kosovo. We have missions in Kosovo, and the mothers there go, and the babies are all fussy. <laughs> but, but anyway, I, w- I, would, I, I, I would walk with my daughter and pat her back, and I would sing to her. And I actually wrote this song. Uh, her name was Amy McKell. i say, Amy McKell, my little bell, everybody knows you're mine. That's, that's the whole song. <laughs> Amy McHale, my little bell, everybody knows. My whole church knows that song. And when I read that scripture, that's the picture I get. And I'm, I'm a big guy. And, and there's a part of me has a hard time picturing God picking me up and, and, and comforting me but I really need to have that in my heart that he does that. Does that communicate? He actually likes me. He likes you. I I love my kids and I'm an earthly father who doesn't do it right. He loves you perfectly and he enjoys you. All right, so that was free. All right. The next ones are oh, excuse me. The next ones are going to cost you. Uh, if I, I stumble around a little bit, and somebody came up to me after the last service says, "I'm a massage therapist. I can fix you." <laughs> this, this is as good as it gets. <laughs> anyway, um, the next one is this, and I, this is so important for some of us. He loves you unconditionally. Uh, Romans uh, five. Verse 8 says this, it says, but God demonstrates his love for us in this, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Now, um, you guys are all look really nice. you got your Sunday go-to-meeting clothes on. You're happy. You got your fight done in the parking lot so you can come in and <laughs> smile like nothing ever happened. I, I, I got to be careful what I say here, but... <laughs> There, there are demons in the back, back of your car that come out on Sunday morning just to provoke you on the way to church. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. It's not theology. Um, but we, we, we think now God would love me, but think of your worst time in your life. I mean, honestly, it, it, there, there are times in my life that just grieve me to think about that I, that I was like that. And at that point in my life, when I was at my dirtiest, my meanest, my clean, uh, then Jesus died for me. He chose to love me at my very worst. And if he loves me at my worst, it means he loves me every place, amen? When I was, um, I, I said, we went to Alaska my wife and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and we really got transformed by the Lord. I mean, God just did this amazing work. And, and I, I began to feel this call in my life to be a pastor. And I, I was I was zealous. I was a I was radical. I took my Bible to work all the time, and every time I had a break, I'd read it, and and I was witness to people. And I had a guy I worked with, we worked a night shift, and there were only three of us at work. And, and I would share the gospel with him all the time, talk to him about Jesus. One night we were coming home at 8 o'clock in the morning from a night shift, and, and uh, I, I, I decided I was going to ask him. And I said, I, just before he got out of the car, I said, Gus, would you, would, you, would you like to ask Jesus into your heart? And he said, no. And I felt so defeated I, I don't know. If, you ever try to do something good for God and it doesn't go well, and you just feel like I I can't do this stuff. I th- I, I was driving away and I was going, I'm, I'm not I'm not going to be. A, how am I going to be a pastor, man? I'm God. I'm just you know, and I, I could think of all the times that. And, and the Lord spoke to me. No. I I believe God probably talks to us all the time. We just got to learn to listen better, but. A few times I've almost heard a voice. Most of the time, when God talks to me, it's like an impression in my heart. But, and and He said this. He said, "Son, I'm never gonna love you any more than I love you right now." That that, that actually changed my life. I, what I realized is my whole life, there had been a part of me that felt a burden to win love and approval. And, and probably most of us have some of that. Maybe, maybe all of us have some of that. It, when, when God speaks something like that, he can do like a three years of seminary in 30 seconds. Is that right? I mean, you've had, to, you've had to just a revelation. And I, I realized my whole life, when I was a kid, I, I, I would bring home a report card. And I have four A's and a B. And my dad would say, and I had a good dad, and he would say, let's work on the B. But what I would hear was, you don't quite measure up. In fact, my, my, one of my dad's sayings, was, you know, part of it was that generation, hard, hard worker. He said, d- he would always say, did you do your best? And I would think, well, I didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> Does this communicate? Do you guys get what I'm saying? I mean, there was always a part of me like, I, I just didn't quite make, when I, when I was in college, um. I was kind of the life of the party, but but there was a pressure in that that how do I maintain that image? And now some of this could have been drug induced, and, and I'm not going to talk about all that. But <laughs> but I, I had a, like a three day period. I actually got so paranoid that I couldn't measure up to my friend's expectation. I wouldn't go out of my room. I had a little apartment. I just I didn't even leave it because I thought what if I'm not funny? What if I'm not? When I got married, there was this fear, and I didn't even think this through real well until God's speaking this to me, but there was this fear that if I didn't act a certain way, my wife would quit loving me. You know, if I, what, what if I, and, and, and there, I believe it, actually, I believe this one of the deepest needs of all human beings to be unconditionally loved, but every bit of love I'd ever experienced we, and we experienced from each other has elements of condition on it. And God said to me, son, I'm never going to love you any more than I love you right now. What he's saying, he says, my love is unconditional. It's totally and completely given to you. Do you know how free that began? I mean, there were there were several other times. Those early years, God was changing the way I thought about him, and I began to understand he really loves me just like I am. He has vision to change me, but He has his love doesn't change at all. Can can you say amen to that? And if, and if you struggle with that, keep listening, because I, I really want to help you in this. Let me, let me give you a couple more scriptures. Um, Psalm t- uh, 103, verse 13 and 14 says The Lord's like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. He knows how weak we are, he remembers we're only dust. Message Bible says it this way He knows us inside and out, keeps in mind that we're made of mud. And well, God knows your brokenness, He knows your, your weakness. But he chose to love you. And and I'm really grateful for that. Number number two, let's go to number two. Number two, <clears throat> he loves us with vision. He sees way beyond what you see. Go ahead and put the, the scripture up there. Um, Jeremiah, the, I, I, a number of these are really favorite scriptures of mine, but Jeremiah uh, 29, verse 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm, plans to give you a hope and a future. We tend to look at just what's going on in our life right now. And and some of us get real proud and say, someday I'm gonna be, and we, you know, God sees the someday, the right way. Look, look, at, look at this next scripture. <clears throat> God knew for what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the onset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The son stands first in line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. Here's God's vision for you. It's not for you to be a pastor or a missionary or it's, it's for you to be like Jesus. The, the night Cindy and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, we were we were these two hippies, um, long hair, bib overalls. That, that was, was the skinny jeans of our day. <laughs> and 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 uh, work boots. And we walk into this Pentecostal church. Everybody had a suit on. All the ladies had dresses on. <laughs> We're in the back. There were four of us in the back, and I mean, we we did. We looked so out of place. And when when he gave an altar call at the end, he was praying over my wife and I. And he said this. He said, "God gave me a faith picture for you." I I actually had no idea what that meant, but I thought that sounds so cool. (laughs) And it's also true. See, God sees something in you <clears throat> when you're when you're at the bottom. He sees what He's going to do, what He wants to do in your life. And and He has. Vision. When I've done, you know, I've pastored a long time, so I've done lots of weddings. And often I will talk to the couples have vision for each other. By the way, we should do that as a church. We should have vision. Don't 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 put people where they're at. Have vision for them. Become what God has for them. I mean, yeah. Don't you love it when people believe in you? Man, they just see something in you. You see something in me, yeah. I think you're going to be, see, that's what God does. That's how he looks at you. Now, go ahead and put the next scripture up here. There's that bald head again. (laughs) Uh, In in Hebrews, it says, it's the child he loves, he disciplines, and the child he embraces, he corrects. I mean, for you theologians, I'm going to, I'm going to blow your theology today. I don't believe God ever punishes his kids. I believe he disciplines them, and there's a huge difference. The Bible says Jesus took our punishment. See? And I, I hear Christians say this all the time. I did this, and I, I believe, I'm sick, so God must be punishing me. No, he's not but he is discipling or disciplining you because he has a vision for what you can become. Amen? Punishments because he's angry at what you did. But Jesus took his anger. By the way, this is in the Bible. If you're a theologian, you're going, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look at the Bible, read it. (laughs) It's it's really good to do that. I mean, I, I, i Somebody, somebody told me that someplace, but he does it. He he, he sometimes spanks you. When I, if I did it right as a father, I'd never punish them, but I, I, I disciplined them for their sake. In fact, the best way to correct your children is always for their sake. Think, just a little extra here. Think how many times as a parent you've Discipline them because they embarrassed you or inconvenienced you or messed up, you know. And and it it never works. (laughs) You guys, I hope you're convicted. (laughs) But but the proper way is you're always trying to help them be. In in Hebrews, it says, so that we could be partakers of his holiness. Because he has vision for you. I, 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 it, it's so wonderful to have people believe in you. Honestly, as an old pastor goes to, to younger pastors, a lot of what I try to communicate to them is that I believe in them. You could do this. God's going to do it. And I, I share stories in my life so that it helps him to see it. You get that? God believes in you. He has vision for your life. I love sports and coaches that that impart the kid to their team, I believe in you. Like these guys go out and say, oh, I'm going to walk through a wall, man. It's because somebody believes in them. And, and who better to believe in you than your father, who is Lord of the universe and creator of all. Amen? Amen. Number, number, number three. Number three. Because I want to get to number four. So <laughs> number four is really cool. Um, seriously, it's really cool. Number three is that his love is faithful. I, I I honestly wanted to be a good and really worked at being a good dad. But I I, I, I there were times I promised things I didn't do. We're going to go on a picnic on this day, and something would come up, or you know you know you know that we, people are just unfaithful. We we should try to be faithful, but we we God never. Let's us down. Um, go ahead and put the scripture up here. No power in the sky above or the earth below, indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Go ahead and put the next scripture up. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love, with unfailing love, I've drawn you to myself. He, he just doesn't quit on us. Um, <clears throat> I um when when I was running away from God, I, I I was a philosophy major in college, and I like to I like to argue. Which, by the way, God has disciplined a lot of that out of me, because <laughs> I have never won one argument with God ever. But I I would look for Christians because there was you don't even realize what's going on, but there's a yearning in your heart, even though I would say I didn't even believe in God. There was a yearning. And I would look for Christians that I could argue with. But God would send to me little sweet little old ladies (laughs) They would put their arm around me and say, Bob, Jesus loves you. It would actually make me angry, but it also broke my heart. And in God's time then, it restored me to his love. See, because he's faithful. When um, Cindy and I just transitioned to church four years ago and we had to tell the different teams that we were doing it and every time I was really emotional and I thought I I knew it was God's timing. I wasn't sad about doing it. I thought, why am I so emotional? I'm just praying about it. I realized I was just so grateful to the faithfulness of God through our life. We, we were, we had no idea. There were nine of us came down, two, four adults and, and five kids to start this church. Uh, it's now, I don't know, 1,500 people. And I, I, I had three, I, I'd never, I'd only preached five times. I had never read the whole Bible and I'd never led an adult to the Lord. And, and they sent me out to start a church. Uh, my granddad was a pastor, and he said, where, where, where are you going to get people from? And I thought, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they have, they have schools and books and stuff now that help you. We just, it, we, we call it Montana, root hog or die. <laughs> you just go out and go for it, you know. Uh, but God took us and taught us and built this amazing church. I actually, in the early years, I, I went on a 15-day fast. I went away, and I read the whole Bible. So if anybody ever said, have you read the whole Bible? i said, say, yes, I have.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, now I've, I've read it since then. I'd read, I'd read parts of it a lot. I just had never read for sure the whole thing through, so I made, I made sure I actually checked every page to make sure I read it. And, and then the first adult I led to the Lord was a farmer from about 40 miles out of town, he is an elder in our church today. And I'd led kids to the Lord because I did kids ministry, but I'd never led an adult to the Lord. God's faithful. I, I, I didn't tell the first services. The guy that turned me down said, no, I don't want to get saved. Three years after I moved to Montana, I got a Christmas card. <laughs> he said, this year, I know the meaning of Christmas. I met Jesus I, I, I sucked at evangelism. <laughs> but God, is faithful, and so He took my feeble efforts, and He sowed seed. And that guy actually is a leader in one of the church we came out of. He's a leader in that church, and we just put a new pastor in there, and and he's he does evangelism. He's a uh, he's a, a native alaskan and he does up in the villages and he these guys amazing he's powerful sees healings and i don't want to get saved see god's faithful not me and you you can trust that if, if you're young and you're new in the lord a lot of times it doesn't look like he's being faithful because you're not getting what you want or what you'd like but when you look back on your life i'm 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 77 years old now i have I have over fifty years of walking with Jesus to look back on, and I'll tell you what—he just is faithful. I, I haven't always been faithful; he has. Amen? Amen. All right, let's do. Let's do number four. You ready for it? Okay. I need. I need, uh, I need uh, Kurt. Is that right? Up here. Where's my helper? Is he in the building? You better be here. Or I'm going to be really. You're, you're going to find. God may forgive sin, but I don't. <laughs> so you go over there. And stand over there, okay? So um, here, here's my last point is that God's redemptive. And, and I'm so grateful for this. Uh, not just to save us, but to restore us when we're away. He just redemptive. That's his heart. So in, in Luke chapter 15... Uh, Jesus tells uh, three stories. It, it, it's interesting. The Pharisees are kind of questioning him. And, and he tells these stories to, to communicate the value of people to God. The first story is about a, a lost sheep. You guys, this is a really famous passage of Scripture. And, and the shepherd, one wanders away. The shepherd leaves the 99, goes out and gets the one. They come back, and, and there's great rejoicing. He says, there's more rejoicing on one that was lost than the, than the 99 that stayed home. And then, then they talk about a lost coin. And, and I, in our culture, that's a little, you know, coin, big deal. Let's, let's say this is the uh, nickel with the upside-down airplane on it or whatever, uh, the, or a diamond ring. And this lady goes crazy and searches the whole house. When she finds it, she actually throws a party. She's so excited about it. And, and it says, I, I love this, it says there's rejoicing in heaven when one sinner comes home. And then he tells this amazing story. And by the way, I, I personally believe all the parables of Jesus are actually true stories. God knows everything. I think he, these things actually happened. Now, you, you can argue with that and I don't care. Um, but because he was the truth. See, All right. Anyway, so he tells a story about a son and I've, I've actually counseled. I, I live in farming country and I've counseled a, a family that had a situation similar to this, but the, the younger boy says, "I'm tired of this farm life. I want to go do my thing." Uh, and I, I don't know if you have young people here. That that thought probably at some place will enter your mind, and it's a it's a stupid thought. <laughs> I, I know because I followed it, and and I regret every every second of it. But anyway, he says. I'm going, to, I'm going to do my thing. Give me my inheritance. He takes it. He goes to a far country, it says, and he wastes it on wine, women, and song. He, I mean, that's actually pretty close to what the Bible says, on wanton living. And he, he spends it all. And then in, in one translation it says, then he came to the end of himself. That's a really good phrase. But he, he goes, he's, he's out in the fields and he's got a job feeding pigs. Now, the Bible is so cool how stuff, Jesus is telling that to a Jewish crowd who didn't have anything to do with pigs. And so this is like this guy is at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom, and he looks at the pig food, and he says, I, I'd like to eat some of that. He's so hungry. So he comes in to himself, and he says, you know what? My dad's slaves have it better than I do. I, I'm going to go home. I'm going to return to my father, I'm going to... I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you, and I'm no longer worthy to be a son. I, I don't know if you've ever been there. I've been there. I felt I, I'm, I'm not even worthy to walk in the doors of this place. That's, how, that's where his heart is. It's actually a, a godly sorrow and a repentance. And, and, and so Kurt, that's a really terrible Jewish name. <laughs> but... You you get the picture, right? All right, so Kurt, by the way, he doesn't look near as good as Kurt looks. He's in in rags, and he he smells like pig poop. I mean, it's the Bible. He's going home. He's just beat up, starving, ashamed of himself. And and he's rehearsing this speech. I can hear him. I'm going to, I'm going to tell my dad, Dad, I'm, I, I blew it with you. I'm wrong with heaven. I'm not worthy to be a son. Just just please make me a slave. And then the Bible says this. It says, but God, about the Father. Every time it does that, it, I get excited. It says, while he was a long way off. Now, when I used to read it, and, and I've, I've been preaching this passage for years. I used to look at it like a, house out in the country, you know, and he saw him on the end of the road. But people didn't live like that. People lived in towns because it was too dangerous to live out in the country because people come and rob you and do things. So they had their farms out there, but they would stay in, in the village or the, the city which had, normally had a wall around it. It says, well, he was a long way off. Now, I, I think it probably happened something like this. He probably, somebody saw Kurt coming home and the rumor came into town and the dad heard it. But when he was a long way off, he saw him. And, and uh, I, I, my son, I have a wonderful son. He, he went to Hillsong for a year. He's a musician, he's a very gifted musician. He came back and he just, he's real artistic and he decided to try the dark side for a while. And it was So I, I just, it was really good for my prayer life. But it was, it was so hard as the heart of a father and, and my wife. I, I I would just pray so much for him, and yearn. And then he began this journey back to God. And and so I I know what that's like. To look for him, and I I I would I I did this all my kids and grandkids. I'd watch when I'd see him raise their hands in worship. Man, I just get excited. Yeah. You know, I I, I love to go to the youth conference because I watch my my grandkids and. And when God's working on him. So he starts home and uh, um, the dad, it says he sees him. So he, and he runs to him. And and that's, that's important because when you're away, if you turn to God, he'll run to you. Amen. Because honestly, you're probably not able to run. And so he runs to you. And so he comes to him and uh, the boy's got his speech. and He goes, dad, his head, put your head down. He says, he said, uh, Dad, I'm, I'm, I blew it so bad. I'm not worthy to, to be your son. I'm sinning against heaven, against you. And, and the dad goes, <laughs> he says. <laughs> this is the cool part now. He walks into town with him, with his arm around him. And, and people in those days didn't have telephones, and they didn't have internet, what they had was tell each other. Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's gossip going on. And everybody in town knew this story. And the people sticking their heads other, That's Kurt. Do you know what he did? I can't believe he did that to his father. What an embarrassment to his... And the dad goes, shut up. This is my son. You be quiet. This is my son. And he takes him in the city square in front of everybody. He said, bring, bring the best robe. Yeah. And he puts it on him. You guys know robes talks about righteousness. He's filthy. We're going to take his filth away. He takes his ring off his finger. That, that represents authority. And he puts it on him. And so now he, he's not, not going to be a slave. He's back as a son. He has, God's, he has his father's authority. And then he says, and I love this one, he says, put new shoes on his feet. And, and the Bible talks about shoes, how precious are the feet of those that bring good news. Shoes represent purpose. That, that He's useful now. And he put shoes on him. And he said, now, now let's kill a calf and have a party. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Thank, you. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Kurt. Now, there's a little more. I, I know what that's like because I would, I would sit right about where you're sitting and I would pray before the service. I would, during worship, I would have my quiet time with God sometimes there. And one Sunday, I, I was just, I had my head down. I was kind of praying, worshiping. And I heard a voice start a song. And it was my son. <laughs> and I knew then that he'd come home. That's what it means to yearn for someone. I know what it is to do that. And that's how your father is towards you. So now they're partying and the older brother comes in. Somebody talked to me after the last service. Said The older brother got a bad rap. I, I don't think, the father wasn't mad at him. brother says, wait a minute, I've been working in the field. I've been serving and slaving. I've been ushering in the church and I hand out bulletins and and I clean the church, and now this guy comes in, and, and he's been a jerk all, to me at work and everything. And and he gets saved. Are you just gonna? And the father says, I, we had to celebrate. He was lost. He says, "Son, you've always been with me. Everything I have is yours." He 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 might be talking to us, the church. Do you know how many lost sons and daughters the father has out in this valley? Sometimes in the church we can get really focused on, well, I don't like that song set. Or they're they're too happy. (laughs) Or what it whatever it is. And Father says, I I want my sons and daughters to come home. And son, join me in welcoming them. And obviously you guys are doing that because I can see so many people here with that. God's the God of restoration. And we, we get to partner in that. We, we, we get to be a part of this amazing heart of God to restore people that are broken. And when people that we know and love and they mess up and they fall, we lift them up, and we party with them, we celebrate. Because your, your father, how great's the love the Father has for us, that we should be called children of God. How grateful I am. For little old ladies that loved me, they were—they were the father running down the road. The way I needed to see the father, and they put their arms around me, and they said, we, we, "We love you, Bob." I don't want to hear that. We love you, Bob. Yeah, but you—I don't want. To. And, and, and you can get restored in your father's house. Can, can you say amen to that? Let's bow our heads. <clears throat> if, I, if, if you're in the father's house doing well, just start praying. But if you're either on the road home or you're in a far country... If you've never been to the Father's house, if you've never been right with God, or if you were right at one time or like I was, you ran away. I want to tell you, God's here today to restore you, to put you in His family, and to rebuild you. You don't have to change a thing; He'll change it. But what He, what he's all He asks you to do is turn towards Him. And so, if, if today if that's you, and you want to come to the Father, you want to, you want to either. Uh, we call it getting saved, getting born again. Give your life to Jesus, he will make you new. Or, or maybe you're like I was a son that had run away to the point of almost denying him. I'm telling you, his heart is to restore you. So if that's you and you want to come back to the Father today or come to the Father, would, would you raise your hand? I want to pray for you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to help you. I can't see everybody, but I'm just... Okay, anybody else? Just slip your hand up. I I gotta get right with God. I'm not even sure how to do this. I'm telling you, this is a great church and they'll help you. They're older brothers who love you and they'll help you walk with God. Is there anyone else? I, I wanna pray for a second group of people. I think there's probably some people here that you've struggled with your image of God as a father. And, and I, I believe God wants to bring some freedom in your life. So if that's you, would you slip your hand up? I want to pray for you. Okay. Anybody else? All right. All right. All right. There's a number of hands up. Just say, I, 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 I think we need to do business with God and let him, let him work in our hearts what he wants. Let's pray together, Lord Jesus. I, I just pray for this wonderful gathering of people, Lord. I, pr- I pray for every heart here, God. All of us need a better vision of you, God. Are there are people here really their hearts have been broken and wounded, and God, I be- believe you're going to give them a new vision today that will change their life. So help them in that, and God, I pray for those that are far from you, maybe online or in the in the audience today, God, who have been away from you either not saved or just run away god i pray you help them on their journey home god bless them and minister to them thank you for them in jesus name and all god's people said amen now i'm gonna turn over these guys we're gonna have prayer teams here if you raise your hand it really helps to have somebody pray for you too so come down and get prayer
0: hey i just want to say thank you again for tuning in to this week's podcast If you want to learn more about Celebration Church, I'd encourage you to go to our website, www.thecelebration.church to find out more. We love you guys, and let's continue to love God, love people, and change the world.